Welcome to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast, the podcast for special educators who are looking for personal and professional development. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Reeve. For more than 20 years, I've worn lots of hats in special education, but my real love is helping special educators like you. This podcast will give you tips and ways to implement research-based practices in a practical way in your classroom to make your job easier and more effective. Welcome back to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast. I am Chris Reeve, and I am your host, and I'm excited that you're here today where we're going to talk about social problem solving and students with high-functioning autism and a way that you can help them with this. As I talked about in episode 69, students with high-functioning autism struggle with social problem solving. Many of their behavioral challenges stem from difficulties with problem solving the many social situations they have to navigate each day in school and in their communities. In addition, social challenges are often the reasons that these very highly qualified individuals lose out on competitive employment when they graduate. Over the years, I've heard from so many employers about individuals with autism, and unequivocally, their message is they can do the work, but they couldn't get along with their coworkers. Or sometimes it's that the worker was doing great until they encountered a situation where they had to problem solve with another person. Maybe they had to negotiate a situation with a coworker and couldn't compromise well. Other times it's that they had difficulty seeing the perspective of how their behavior was impacting other people in the workplace. I've heard similar things from college professors over the years. The common theme to all of these conversations, as well as many K-12 teachers who say similar things, is that the students are smart, that the work was never the issue, the difficulty always comes from having to navigate and problem-solve a social situation. So as Dr. Cabot said in Episode 70 and in Episode 71, smart is not enough. So in today's episode, I want to share a strategy that has become a huge tool for students to learn how to problem solve social situations. I've talked about it in the past, and I've described it more in a detail in a blog post that I'll link to in the show notes. Traditionally, we have little literature about it, but it's called a social autopsy. And Brenda Smith-Miles and Rick Lavoie have actually talked about it in the past. But I've found that many students and sometimes teachers really hate that name because those students are really perceptive. Who wants to have their behavior autopsied after all? And in fact, when I was doing a web search before this, I actually found a bunch of things that were really problematic with the name now. So one of them, one of my students suggested the name After Action Reports. So I'm going to actually start referring to them as After Action Analysis Reports. And it's the analysis that's really key to helping students learn to problem solve. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about what it is and how you can use it in a social skills program. You'll learn how after action analysis reports can help your students to problem solve social situations. 
I'm going to talk about key elements of these reports that you have to have to help them be effective. I'm going to help you see how these can actually save you as an educator time by serving as a data source. And you can also grab a free set of these after action reports from the free resource library in the blog post at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 72. I have a couple free couple housekeeping notes I want to go over before we get started. If you are looking for a deeper dive into teaching social skills, we have a whole course on it in the Special Educator Academy. So come check that out with a free trial at specialeducatoracademy.com. Uh, you can also find all of the transcript notes, pictures, and the free download at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 72. And I'm going to be taking next week off. uh, And I will probably have a new blog post up that you can find on the website. But I will be back the next week as we gear up for autism month. So I hope that you'll join me then. So now let's get started. Social autopsies or after action analysis reports are exactly what they sound like. They are a way for a student to review a social problem after it occurred. Typically, these situations are ones that resulted in a problem behavior, but they could be any kind of social situation that caused a problem of any kind. The process that it takes is the problem solving process. So define the problem, analyze it, draw conclusions, and plan your action. Typically, after the situation, the student will work with an adult to tease apart how the situation occurred. They'll work through what happened to make sure that the facts are straight, and it's really always interesting to hear the situation from the student's perspective, because remember that students with autism often have difficulty understanding others' perspectives, so often when they describe the situation, it doesn't look like what other people observed, and that can be really useful information to us because it shows where they were coming from. So let's take a really minor example to demonstrate. Bob told Sally that her haircut looked like she cut it herself. Sally, of course, was mortified. Bob was mystified because he didn't realize that this might not be perceived as a compliment. And this is a particular issue that is pretty common hidden curriculum item that we talked about in episode 68. So once we've established that that's what happened, The next question is what mistake was made? So it's to talk about where the problem came in. What was the social error that occurred? How did it happen? Who did it affect? So in this case, Bob realizes that he should not have said that to Sally based on her reaction. He noted that Sally was upset because he hurt her feelings and he's upset because Sally is mad at him. So the next step is what should he do to correct the mistake. Once he knows what the mistake is, the next step is determining what he should do to correct it. How should he make amends? Is there a way that they can make up for what they did wrong to ease the hurt of the people involved? In our example, apologizing to Sally is the solution that Bob comes up with to correct the mistake. And in this minor example, that's probably sufficient. But as the situation ended with another student being hurt by aggression or property damage, then the problem-solving process is going to probably be more intricate. The adult is probably going to have to help the student go beyond a simple apology. 
the student will probably need to have to do something to restore the situation in some way. And this is important because students shouldn't just learn that apologies are all that are needed. So once the student knows how to correct the particular situation, The analysis moves to how to prevent future problems around the same type of situation. In other words, this is where the problem solving helps them to learn to prevent future problems. So in Bob and Sally's situation, Bob might note, as men would often say, they have learned the hard way, that when Sally asks about how something looks, he'll try to be honest but kind. So he has a strategy for how he's going to respond to this type of situation in the future. Again, if it was a more serious situation, it would require more problem solving and more discussion to develop strategies. So if the student became aggressive, it would be a good time to talk about coping strategies to help them remain calm in that situation. And finally, a key part of that process has got to be role-playing the solutions. Learned behaviors don't change just because we think they are a good idea. If they did, I would always eat healthy food and get enough sleep. And yet, I don't. Changing behavior takes practice, especially because challenging behavior in particular is often learned behavior that has been practiced, and often it's been reinforced. So they have to practice repeatedly and get reinforced in order for the behavior to change. So there are also a few key elements once you've done that whole process. There are a few key elements that you want to make sure you focus on so that the problem-solving process is effective for your students. First, make sure that you're completing the analysis process when the student is calm. This isn't a strategy that you can use when the student is in the middle of a behavioral issue. It's called an after-action report for a reason. This is a debriefing process to analyze in retrospect, because let's face it, nobody thinks clearly when they're upset. Second, writing it down is really key because it helps the students see it more clearly. But they can also go back and review them periodically. So for instance, I had a student who used to keep a notebook of his after action reports and he would go back over them when he wasn't sure of something and he would find parallels in them to apply to situations he was trying to figure out. So essentially he used that notebook as a resource. And third, role-playing, as I've noted before, is essential. Without role-playing, this is just a lovely conversation. Without the practice and reinforcement and the feedback, it's really unlikely to change the behavior. Now, the whole purpose of the social autopsy or the after-action analysis process is designed to take the student through the problem-solving process, and there are benefits for problem-solving. The steps that you're working through with the student are those that we all use to figure out how to handle a situation when we aren't sure of it. So there are some benefits to the current situation. First, the student benefits because they learn a solution to the current problem, and they should come away with a solution that might translate to solving that particular type of situation in the future. So Bob now knows 
how to handle situations when a friend asks, how do you like my new haircut? And maybe he generalizes that knowledge when a friend asks, do you like this dress? Or another similar kind of question. But the bigger benefit of the after-action analysis process is to help the student learn how to problem-solve new situations. At first, they may learn how to problem-solve after the fact, as we do with the AAA reports. But over time, if they become more adept at it, they may learn to problem-solve more quickly in the moment, and that may help them to avoid the problem situation in the first place. And there are benefits to the teacher. So first, the report process, while completed by the student and the adult together, serve as behavioral documentation. So since it outlines what happened during a behavioral incident, it can serve as your data. I've used these reports as a way to measure IEP goals for behavior or to monitor behavior programs. We actually use the number of instances requiring a report as an indicator of progress. And finally, the report also serves as documentation of implementing procedures that are written into the behavior support plan. So it maintains a record of the reports, provides you with evidence of implementation. So as I said, you can download a free set of social autopsies or after action analysis reports from the free resource library. If you have an earlier set that's been in the library for a bit, it's actually worth downloading again if you want to set with the new name. I've put both of them together in the same set. So hop over to the blog post at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 72, and you can grab them at the link to the free resource library there. And I'd love to know if you've used this type of process with your students. So if you're an educator, hop over to our free Facebook group at specialeducatorsconnection.com and answer the questions and share that there. I'll be back in two weeks as we gear up for Autism Month, so I hope you'll join me then. Until then, thank you so much for tuning in and sharing your time with me. I know how precious it is, and as always, thanks so much for everything that you do for your students. Mm-hmm.